Greetings, fellow visitors. This is Upgrade Terminal, a Star of Providence fancast. I'm Malachi. And I'm Nick. Welcome back to the facility. Today is our first fan writing episode, and we're honored to be featuring At the End by Paper Lore. We hope this is the first episode in a series that features the fan writings of the community to celebrate and showcase the creativity of the writers who play this game and have been inspired by it and love it as much as we do. We've also had a chance to sit down with Paper Lore and talk to her about her piece, and you can hear that conversation after her performance. And now, without further ado... At the end, a monolith fanfiction written and read by Paper Lore. Originally written in September of 2017. There had been times where he'd started to doubt he'd ever make it here. He'd fought and fought, over and over, bailing only at the last minute when his ship gave out and turned on emergency protocols, going through the excruciating wait for repairs if the ship had survived, and the even worse wait for reprinting if it hadn't. He'd fought every creature down here so many times, come so close, failed, tried again. And now, he was at the end, the last gate, the magical nimbus protecting it broken. The only thing standing between him and whatever awaited him at the bottom of this hellish facility was a simple gate. A few shots would blow it to pieces, just like all the ones before. He was grateful his gloves prevented his sweaty palms from slipping on the controls as, Without stopping to think about it any further, he fired at the gate until it burst open. The lights went out. His screen showed him no information. He couldn't see anything around him. There was no new monstrosity like all the other times he'd broken these gates. There were just two telltale red lights, blinking faintly, to guide any ship who dared to continue ever downward, towards the source. A few cautious moments as he waited for something to jump out at him, and then... Hesitantly, he nudged the ship towards the lights, into the dark tunnel leading him down. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. There was simply nothing. After another moment, he flicked on the communications unit, bracing himself for the cacophony that had forced him to turn it off in the first place. On that last floor, all that had come over the radio was static and what sounded like shrill screaming that threatened to burst his eardrums, but now there was absolutely nothing. This is Unit D-13, requesting any nearby units to identify themselves. He took his finger off the transmitter. Nothing. Not even static. Come on, I know you're down here. Five seconds. Ten. There was a brief burst of white noise, as if someone had an open line, and his breath caught. Another pair of guiding lights appeared in the darkness ahead of him, and his computer informed him that the other, faint signal had come from that direction. He blasted through with more force than he should have. Leaning forward in his seat, staring through the screen, he swore he'd seen something. There. It was white and smaller than his own ship, nearly obscured in what looked to be a hail of sparks. But he'd recognize it anywhere. He slammed the transmitter. No, thank God! I've been looking for you for days! I told you not to come here! Do you copy? The other ship remained still, but the shower of sparks stopped. It almost seemed to be looking at him. No? The other ship edged away from him and he heard the line open again, 
but instead of a proper voice, he heard a distorted mess of garbled static. And in that static, he could hear laughter. Hysterical, crazed laughter that seemed to go on forever before the static obscured it. No! The world seemed to explode around him as Null took off upwards, crashing through some invisible ceiling in a ball of light, as some kind of armor appeared out of the ether to clamp itself around her ship. He followed after, not caring about the debris, his heart in his throat as he watched the runes circling around her. She had found what she came there for. The Source. The Power Eternal. He'd been right all along. Now the only way to end this was to end her. They crashed through another floor, another ceiling, as they flew ever upward. He vaguely recognized the uneven spires of the facility rushing past, the stars overhead and the tops of the skyscrapers falling below him. But all of his focus was on the monstrosity that had once been null. Warning lights were flashing all over his console, the whine of an alarm blared in his ears. He was out of bombs and losing hull integrity, but he refused to give up, firing on the thing with reckless abandon because he was helpless to do anything else. The Power Eternal had given her truly fantastic strength. Waves of bullets that it was almost impossible to escape, and seemingly every weapon in the facility at the same time. He fought and dodged, threw everything he had into the battle. And every so often, he'd take one hand off of the controls to slam the transmit button and call her name. He never got a response. Of integrity to... He wouldn't give up, not until this was over, however the grim the ending had to be. She fired another wave of bullets. He dodged, some of the blasts grazing him, but thankfully none hitting the ship's core. All integrity, one critical condition. Damn it! He clenched his teeth and rolled to the side. The eye of her strange armor glared down at him as she seemed to begin charging something. He had a moment's notice to dodge out of the way of the lasers that crisscrossed around him, but the energy of the lasers quickly fell apart into more bullets, and how was he supposed to get around? All integrity lost. Initiating emergency autopilot. No! No! The ship's controls jolted out of his hands as Red filled his viewscreen and his stomach lurched. The ship flipped and spun, the gyroscopes doing nothing to rescue him from the sick feeling of tumbling as he fell. Down. Down. He could still see her. No. In the air above him. Still firing. But he was getting further and further away. Falling down through the tunnels, they blasted through the building together. He screwed his eyes shut and prepared for what had to be the final end. But the ship pulled up at the last moment, turning his stomach again. He swallowed hard opening his eyes and squinting through the front panel, trying to stop his eyes rattling around in his head. Blue bricks. He was back at the excavation. He slammed his fist into the console with a string of grunted curses. Why had she done this? He'd warned her. He'd warned her from the beginning. Everything about this was a bad idea, and she'd still gone. Just pushed him aside and gone on her way, and now she... Now... Who knew how much of her was left? Now... He had to... He slumped into his seat and shut his eyes again, the reality of it all finally hitting him in an overwhelming wave. The only way to save her was to destroy her. No, no, there had to be some other way. He'd find it if it was the last thing he did. His motions mechanical, he backed the ship towards the excavation's guide lights behind him, slowly ascending towards the hub. 
The cat was the only one there at the moment, pondering the jukebox until it noticed him. Clinus turned his head towards D-13 with a slightly bemused and yet very grim expression on his face. You... I found her, he blurted out into the speaker, shaking his head. She's... the power eternal, it... <laughs> no mercy. You've come too far to give up now. The cat shuffled back towards his bags of supplies, and D-13 remained silent. He hated when the cat was right. But the cat was usually right, and he was right again this time. He'd come too far. Surely there had to be a way. But first, he had to get back to her. Back down to the source. A daunting task in and of itself, as he'd so painfully found so many times. But he'd done it before, and he knew he could do it again. Now that he knew what was at the end of it, well, he had no choice. So that was At the End, written and read by Paper Lore herself. And, as it so happens, we have Lore with us today. Lore, please say hi. Hi! <laughs> Hello! Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, I am Paper Lore. I streamed Monolith quite often back when it first came out in 2017. I streamed on Twitch for several years. Mm -hmm and ran a YouTube channel on the side. I have done fan writing for a number of different uh, franchises. I consider myself a lore enthusiast, as befitting of my name. Mm -hmm. and, and I have about 350 hours in Monolith. That's a lot of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should point out that I have said a few times that Lore is the reason why I got into the game, and Squigga said that's you're the reason why he got into the game. So, in a sense, Lore, you're responsible for some very important people being part of the community. So, in a sense, this is all your fault. Yes. <laughs> wow. Way to phrase that. It's all my fault. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, but in a good way. Like, you know. In a sense, this podcast exists because of you. <laughs> I I I saw you playing the game like this sounds really cool and so I just <laughs> wanted to play and just immediately just started leapfrogging everyone because I was obsessed with it but I I did really enjoy uh those early days just exploring the game with you and it was I had a lot of fun just us discussing ideas and theories as to you know what had happened how we interpreted the world, who the pilots were. And 
uh, to be honest, I had kind of forgotten about these this piece for quite a long while. I know you showed it to me at some point, but it just kind of slipped my mind. But reading it again sort of brought back a lot of memories about you know all all those moments we spent together discussing our own theories. And honestly, I had forgotten about that piece as well because it was written so long ago now. And so much has changed since then. When you guys wanted me to come on the podcast and share some fan writing, mm. I at first wasn't sure if I actually had anything. I had to go digging around in my docs until I found this. And this was written right after I fought the monolith for the first time, like literally a couple of hours later. And it doesn't track with the exalted hard mode ending because I didn't know that existed at the time. Nick only posted it about a month later. So I want to make a point of order. The thing about that lore is that that was not the secret ending was not originally part of the game. That was later added to the game afterwards in one of the uh, post-after-the-end updates. So it literally did not exist at the time. So it was it was impossible for either of us to know what the truth really was there. And we still really don't know, even after all of this time, but looking back at this fic and reading over it and then digging back into Monolith kind of also reminded me of why I was so interested in it. And looking at the bestiary entries and all of the theorizing that I was doing back then. Malachi? It makes a lot of sense when you say that you wrote this really soon after you fought Monolith for the first time. Because I can tell by the way you worked the gameplay into the piece that you were playing a lot of Monolith. So, for example, the Nimbus and the gate, you know, and saying, no, it, it would take a few shots to open the gate, just like all the others. Um, mentioning the elevator lights, um, mm -hmm. mentioning that uh, D13's out of bombs, and then the silence on floor six. I love how you worked that into it. Um, just lots of really brilliant little moments like that. Lots of details that show a lot of care and attention put into it. Yeah, yeah, and... It's really difficult, I think, to convey the action of that fight. Um, but you did it really, really well. And uh, especially for someone who's played through it, it's kind of like reliving it. And then all of the little human moments you add to it um, were really, really awesome lore. Um, especially like uh, the dialogue. Uh, the It's one-sided dialogue. <laughs> but man, it is really impactful. Well, thank you very much. I do enjoy trying to incorporate game mechanics into story wherever I can. Mm -hmm. It's not always possible, but in this case, it worked out pretty well. And I was still having a lot of feelings like I do still have a recording of the first time I faced Monolith and... I'm kind of mad at myself because my audio balancing on that clip is really terrible. You can barely hear me over the music, but you can kind of hear me going like, oh, oh, that's null. That's straight up null. What is going on? <laughs> and I think a lot of those feelings that I was having kind of went into this. Mm -hmm. You can definitely tell it. It's very high on emotions and really takes you in like just the entire journey from like 
D13 being uncertain, confused, and then just the, the tiniest moment of, oh wait, that's null, and then, oh god, oh god, oh god, and then just every player inevitably losing for when they beat it the first time, and just then the, the wave of just understanding and dread as you realize what it is that you have to do, you know, you have to kill your best friend and just bring them down and I have to say it was one thing to read this piece to myself mm -hmm. it's another to hear it spoken and read out loud it gives it a whole new dimension and this depth that just makes it so much more dramatic and emotional and I think it just does wonders for the for the piece I, I loved hearing it read, and uh, thank you for doing that, Laura. <laughs> that was very, very well done and very cool. Of course, I had a lot of fun doing it. I want to do this kind of narration stuff more, but I don't often uh, get an opportunity. So when you guys said, hey, maybe you could read it so we could put it on like the podcast, I'm like, oh, hey, great. A chance for me to get more practice at this. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, Malachi, I think you had uh, some questions prepared. I did have the question of what our favorite line is, Nick. <laughs> okay, so the the line that I chose as my favorite was, the power eternal had given her truly fantastic strength. Waves of bullets that it was almost impossible to escape and seemingly every weapon in the facility at the same time. He fought and dodged, threw everything he had into the battle. And every so often, he take one hand of the controls to slam the transmit button and call her name. I I just think that's that's excellent. I I love just just trying to describe just the sheer amount of power that emanates from Monolith and the struggle it is to survive, and at the same time, D thirteen is still trying to connect to her somehow, reach, and it just it's futile. It, she's gone. I had a feeling. When I asked you to pick your favorite line of Paper Lore's piece, that it would probably be at least close to where mine is, because the line I chose <laughs> was the same one. And every so often, you take one hand off the controls <laughs> to slam the transmit button and call her name. <laughs> never got a response. I mean, Laura, when I heard you read that, it, it literally gave me chills because... This And this is a, an example of what I love about this, because you're injecting these little moments into the fight. And now, when, the next time I go back and play the game and fight Monolith, I'm going to... These have become headcanon for me. I'm going to imagine this. That in between attacks, D13 is still continuously trying to get Noel's attention, hoping against hope that she'll somehow wake up, right? And, and come out of this. And oh, I love that so much. And I knew we'd pick the same one, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it just goes to show that she did an excellent job with this. I just love the idea of Noel being vaguely aware that something is wrong, but this power is just too strong to the point it's overwritten her. Mm -hmm. And then that sort of fighting mm -hmm. from the inside, I know you're in there somewhere, uh, battle between these two characters, the, the one who's controlled and the one who is trying to snap them out of it. Mm -hmm. And I've always liked that kind of trope so i really really did want to have some of that in there 
it pairs well with the fact that ultimately the fight is a tragic moment. It is you having to destroy someone you cared for deeply. And it is just this moment that is so charged with just this this dread and this feeling of I know what I have to do and it mm-hmm. it's painful, but there is no choice. And I think that this piece really serves to amplify and explore that yeah. emotion. Laura, to your point, um, I, I find that trope really compelling as well. Like, you know, you're trapped inside yourself and you maybe don't have control of yourself. Like, Noel, if Noel is conscious of being controlled by Monolith, that fight is equally horrifying for Noel because Noel is watching herself try to destroy D13, right? And um, it reminds me of the, I think back to the first time I was ever aware of this trope, which was actually in the book series Animorphs. Have either of you read Animorphs before? I have not. <laughs> Laura, have you ever read Animorphs? I, I also have not. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, uh, basically in Animorphs, um, it's a kid's book series. Um, and I remembered it as being pretty scary. And uh, basically there's these alien parasites that go into humans through their ear and then they take control of the human body but the, the host can see everything they're doing. And so this alien is controlling them and still interacting with their friends and family while it's trying to infect other people. And the host is conscious of this and is like screaming internally, but they can't do anything about it. And that has always terrified me. And so that's, I imagine the feeling is, is similar for Noel. That's a horrifying <laughs> thing to, to, to read to children. <laughs> no, I've heard about that book series and I've heard about... How, you know, no kid gloves there, really. But yeah, yeah, it's either you're looking, you're watching your body do something that you would never do, or maybe you've been twisted into thinking that this is all your idea. And then you have that moment at the end where you realize, hang on, wait a second, this isn't right. Because with the power eternal, I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It could. And either way is quite compelling. I mean, it's sort of in the nature of like what exactly the power eternal is and what it does. It's very unclear mm-hmm. to us. So we can only speculate and write stories about what it could be. And it, it is just something very fascinating to explore. And I hope we get to have... A few more breadcrumbs in the future. About what do you mean, it. Nick? The power eternal clearly uh, encloses people in metal eggs and makes them fight their friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, well, okay. So veering slightly off the rails here, I am also contemplating. You know, what mm-hmm. about the machine? You know, that's clearly linked to the power eternal as well in some way, and. That shirt does not look like an egg to me. It looks like something else entirely. <laughs> it looks a lot like Overlord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's all these little bits, this, these hints that are connected in some way. And that's, that's the kind of thing that makes fan writing really exciting. <laughs> and I do remember how exciting it was when uh, Relics of the Past came out and changed mm-hmm. the endings for... Um, Chaos ship and Overlord ship, sword mm-hmm. ship. 
like kind of getting yep. to see what happened at the end of their roots. And I had some thoughts about that too, but I never wrote them down, unfortunately. Now I remember this because when that was released, uh, you did a stream and I was in that stream and I distinctly te remember telling you, hey, Lore, you should try doing this thing. You know, you should see what happens at the end of this path. And it was absolutely worth it to see it happen. <laughs> So what do you like or enjoy about the writing slash presentation of the game? Like what, what do you feel it has that sort of sparks and inspires the imagination? I'm always, I always find myself drawn to games that don't give the whole story, games that leave parts unsaid leaves blanks to fill that's a very consistent thing because i like in often i like mm -hmm. messing with character relationships uh this game doesn't really have that but it does have a lot of speculation a lot of room for trying to figure out what is actually going on here because it's all just breadcrumbs that's been given to you and you kind of have to put them together. We don't even know, or I at least didn't know that these pilots were even human before the Exalted ending kind of confirmed that mm -hmm. they were at some point. Mm -hmm. They could have been anything. And then the bestiary came out and said all of this, some of it's jokes, but some of it's like, hey... The council was messing with this big thing that broke a lot of reality. There's a war going on. Why is there a war? Why is it centered around the facility? What extra dimension is leaking in because of this power eternal? Because that's mm -hmm. something that gets mentioned on a few Bishiri entries. And you get to see a little glimpse of it with Trespasser. Yes, I am not the trespasser person in my friend group, but um, that is also quite interesting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess the the way I would put it is that you, what you like about this game is that it leaves room for interpretation and it gives you enough material to sort of see what the possible relationships are, but there's there's particular gaps in there that you just really like thinking about and contemplating what could it be. Yes, very much so. And I know that most people will look at this game as purely a game. Like most people do that with most games. Story is sort of secondary mm -hmm. in a game like this. And I do agree, but I think it really adds a whole lot to the experience to have these little things and people like me will just latch onto that and not let go. And we will speculate and we will, we will theorize until the end of time. And that will keep people like us playing a game for longer, trying to uncover all these little pieces. Yeah. I think, um, I, I agree, Laura. I, I think that, it's really smart when games leave gaps like that um, because it is, it's just leaving space for 
our imaginations to fill in and to play in. I, I hope that they continue to do that as the story goes forward. I know there are a lot of people that want concrete answers and they want to know who who is who and what happened, but I really hope that they continue to leave a little some those gaps for us so that you can continue to write and and that others can continue to use their imaginations to fill in those gaps. You, you want there to be a sense of compelling mystery to the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And I guess my my follow-up question to that would be like, if you could hypothetically sort of, you know, get this question answered, like, what questions do you have about the setting or the lore or the characters that you would really like to see answered? Like, what, what, what do you just really want to know just a little bit more about? Honestly, I'd love to know more about Null and D13 as characters. Who are they? Who are they fighting for? They're in this war and we don't even know what it's about. Um, but I would also, I guess, like to explore some of the um, extra dimensional uh, stuff that the Power Eternal has caused to happen, such as Trespasser or even Chaos Lord. But I do tend to focus on characters. And that is the one thing that this game doesn't exactly have. So I guess I would like to know more about these people in general. Yeah, we know what they like to drink. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) And they like each other. Well, the exact nature of their relationship is... it's, It's hinted at, but it's not very clear exactly what they are, who, what they mean to each other, which I think is one of the things the Slores is really interested in. Is like, who are these pilots? Yes, because their back and forth in that exalted ending is really interesting to me because it's a very familiar sort of, they're joking with each other. They're like, hey, do, do you want to get ice cream after all of this is over? And... Oh, you're such a huge dork, and it's like this is this is a rapport that has clearly been built over a long period of time, mm-hmm. and it was just really fun to get to see some of that. But the thing is, the irony is that you only ever get to see that after you've killed them, or when we watch uh, a YouTube video that features it. I mean, I mean, yeah, but in essence, like it, it exists both to fill you in on who they are, but also just to twist the knife feather as to how tragic it all is. True. Because that's how it ends. It just the music cuts out and it just says goodbye, Null. That's it. That's the end of the exchange. Yep. That that might have been the last words they exchanged. Yeah. Like the last words Oof. they had with each other. <laughs> Oof! <laughs> I mean, it's not the last thing that D13 said to Null, uh, according to my now headcanon based on Paper Lore's piece. I mean, it, it's the last conversation that they have as, as sure. themselves. Yeah. Well, there's also... It also makes me wonder why D13 tried to stop Null at the entrance, because... In light of that conversation, D13 knew Noel was going and wouldn't have had much of a reason to try and stop them. So maybe D13 learned something between those two points, or maybe 
it was just a friendly sparring match. I'll get there first. Da, 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 da. But I, I'm not sure thinking about that conversation again, it doesn't add up. I mean, we know that they both went into the facility together. Like, it, they, it was not coincidence. They were both there together. But it, it does bear the question, was the 13th fight meant to genuinely stop her? Or was there some kind of other motive? And, again, only speculation on my part. My interpretation of that lore has always been that um, Noel is being led deeper into the facility by the power eternal itself. And that D 13 is trying to stop that from happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's the way that makes the most sense to me. And I, that is speculation on my part as well, but that's the, that's the reading that, uh, my, my mind has settled on. But the one, the question I have is, why is Null susceptible to the captivating influence of the power eternal, but D13 is not? What's is it something to do with the personality of Null that she just becomes fixated on this object of doom? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a deeper conversation to be had here, and and we can reference like Lord of the Rings <laughs> and uh, and the the power <laughs> of the ring and how it it didn't impact Frodo, but it corrupted others more easily and. You know, there's also the fact that Null went in there for a reason. They were supposed to take the facility mm -hmm. and potentially do something with the power eternal. And we have no idea what. It certainly wasn't. I hope the purpose wasn't to wield it because that that's just a bad idea. And D13 seems to know that's a bad idea. Don't mess with this. It's dangerous. And Null is like. But what if I want to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if I do anyway? <laughs> Did you have any any questions, Malachi? No, no. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks. I don't have any additional questions, but um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, Laura, I hope you continue to write about uh, all the games you love. But I do hope to see eventually some more monolith star providence pieces from you. That's a selfish hope, but I hope the game, I guess another way to say it is I hope the game continues to inspire you, um, especially as there's a new update that's coming. You know, I hope there'll be some sometime. Yeah. I hope there'll be some new lore in there. I hope there'll be some new gaps um, that you can fill in and Soon. trademark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In any case, I look forward to, uh, to discussing that update and, and uh, whatever our imaginations do with the gaps that, that are in it. So well, that may very well happen because your podcast, in fact, listening to it has kind of brought me back around to Monolith, not to the same point where I was at, because obviously I'm doing other things now, but it reminded me of what drew it to me in the first place. And it definitely is, the gears are turning again. They are rusty and I'm not sure if anything will come of it. I can't promise anything, but I do greatly appreciate being reminded of all of that. So who knows? I'm very happy to hear that. Very, very flattering. Yes, this is where we laugh. We insert evil laugh here. Yes, the podcast is working. <laughs> <laughs> Really, I'm I'm just here because I want to celebrate 
people doing fan writing and fan fiction for Monolith slash Star of Provenance, which is a very, very small selection, but what little there is, I do want to sort of call people, call attention to it and be like, hey, this is really neat. This is really cool. I think we should all just enjoy it. And I think that starting with this piece and with my friend Laura in particular was, you know, just just the 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 best possible choice we could have made. Yeah, Laura, thank you again so much for being willing to contribute a piece to read it yourself and let us share it uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Of course, and thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to our Star of Providence fancast. Thank you again to Garoslaw for allowing us to use his music and sound effects in this thing. Make sure to check out all of the Star of Providence music on their on his Bandcamp. There's the original base game soundtrack, the Relics of the Past soundtrack, and the 5th Anniversary soundtrack. They're all wonderful. Go check them out. If you have any comments or suggestions for the show, you can reach out to us on Discord. We'll post that server link in the show description. And there you will find fellow pilots to talk with and discuss the show. Thanks for listening. We'll hope you'll join us next time. This is what you came for, isn't it? So be it. <laughs>